Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. Well, this morning I'm going to start a little bit different. I'm going to give you the key thought for today right at the start. So then you can, if you're going to stop listening after that, you've got everything you need to know. Here's the thought that I want you to, to ponder on as we go through today's message. Don't miss the thing that leads to the thing that God's got for you next. I'll say that again. Don't miss the thing that leads to the thing that God's got for you next. Every single one of us are in transition right now. Maybe you didn't ask for it. You haven't prayed for it. You didn't vote for it. You didn't decide that you were going to go out and get it, but you've got it. You're in transition. Every single one of us is in a state of flux. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That's the great thing about God. He doesn't want you to stay where you are. He has things to do in you and through you. Every single one of us is being transformed into the image of God. If we are part of His family, if we have decided that we're going to live our lives for Him, if He's our Commander-in-Chief, He's transforming us into His image. And the good news for you this morning is if you're not yet in relationship with God, if you don't yet know what it is to, to call on His name, the good news for you today is He invites you into that relationship and He's, he's working on you now. The fact that you're in church is a great start. He's inviting you to undertake this journey of discovery and transformation. God's got new dimensions. He's got new opportunities, new places, new promises, new blessings and new levels for you. God's transitioning you from where you are to where He wants you to be. You ready for some bad news this morning? Preachers love bad news. The reason we love bad news is because if we speak bad news, you go, what's the good news? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. The bad news this morning is there's a giant in the way. There's a giant standing between where you are now and what God's got for you next. This morning, I want to talk about the story of David and Goliath. I reckon it's probably every pastor's favourite sermon, David and Goliath. Before we launch into the, the battle scene, which by the way would make a fantastic Hollywood movie. They're making every other Bible story. I can't wait for David and Goliath's story. My goodness, that'll, that'll be a good story. David is a young boy. David's got seven older brothers and, and his role in the family business is looking after the sheep. Now, I don't know whether all his brothers had to do their time as a shepherd out there tending the flock or if it was just David because he's the youngest, but we do know that David's role in the family was to take care of the sheep. He'd be out there sometimes for days on end alone with the sheep and look, he got really intimate with the sheep. He knew them well by name. There's Bart and Barbara and Ewan and Lambert and Rambo and Bee and Fluffy. They're all there, the gang. And David is looking after his sheep day after day. 
And, and part of the, the role of, of, of a shepherd was to protect the flock. And, and look, David had a lot of time on his hands so he could train and prepare. And, and as the other shepherds, he, he was part of a shepherd's guild. They got together and they talked sheep. And, uh, and he found out from the other shepherds that were in his world that, that shepherds used a thing called a slingshot to protect the sheep. And so David decides, oh, I'm going to get into this slingshot thing. And he gets himself a piece of cloth and some rocks. And he goes, right. I'm going to be awesome at this because he's a 12-year-old. He thinks he can, you know, rule the world. And so he, he sets himself up a Coke can because they drank Coke back then. He puts up a Coke can and he gets over there and he gets his slingshot and he lines it up and he's waving that thing around and he lets go and the stone's gone backwards because he was awful at it. He was the worst slingshot person. What do you call them? Slingshotters? In the world, slingers. No, it's just getting worse. <laughs> Stop it. I'm trying to preach. And, and so we went again and, and it went backwards. In fact, it just dropped at his foot, that one. He was just horrible. So after a frustrating few hours of missing the can of Coke, he decides, well, I've got all the spare time in my hand. I might as well play an instrument, learn something. I've got to pick up a hobby. So David decides he's going to pick up a hobby and then he picks up a, a musical instrument and he starts to play it. It's a bit like a guitar. And, and, and he sits there and he starts to play and my goodness, is it horrible. It's absolutely the worst noise you've ever... Have you ever given a guitar to a four-year-old and said, hey, play it? That's pretty much what David was like. He was just strumming away. That was horrible. And he didn't have to worry about the lions and the tigers and the bears and the killer seagulls taking his sheep because his music was so awful, none of them came anywhere near. And so he'd wake up each morning and he'd say, Hey, Lambert, how you going, mate? And, and, and he'd go and make sure that Barbara was doing well. And he'd, he'd be there and he'd be looking after his flock and having a great old time. And okay, it's time for music practice. And he'd get it out and his, he'd just, oh. And so after that, he'd get his slingshot and, and, and he'd go and it was going off and all. He killed one of his own sheep. He was that bad. But that's okay because he, he had lamb roast for dinner that night. Oh, man, he enjoyed that fire and he sent the other sheep away. Yeah, he had a big flock, so no worries. You know, what's one or two here or there? But something amazing happened. As he spent his time firing this slingshot, he got closer and closer and closer. And eventually, he could hit it. The first time he hit it, he was absolutely blown away. His mind was blown. It's like, yes! He'd hit this thing, and he just kept going and going, and eventually he could hit it any time he wanted. He'd be walking this way, and he'd be like, yeah. he'd just be kind of casually going. He's like, He, <laughs> he was amazing. And one day, a lion came close. He's like, oh, it's a lion. Look at that. Slingshot. And he gets, he's a 12-year-old, so his voice is a little high. And then he's got a slingshot. And he fires the slingshot. And he kills the lion. And the lion drops the lamb. And David's like, I am bad. It was the lowest his voice had ever got. 
And he was awesome. And the, the next day, a bear came along. And he thought, you know what? I've taken out the lion. I can take it out. The next day, a killer seagull comes flying. Carnivorous seagull, seagulls in the Bible. And, and it comes down and it's trying to take out a, lion, a, a, a lamb. That's what we're talking about. And he kills this killer seagull. He takes him out. And he's pretty excited with himself. And, you know, the next day he's sitting down and he's playing his guitar. And he realizes his harp, okay, we'll call it a guitar because it's, you know, modern days. And he's playing his guitar and it's a bit of a, he's got a Fender, it's electric Stratocaster. And he's going for it and it, it starts to sound pretty good. He realizes that oh, getting better and better and he, he, he starts writing songs. And at the start, they're pretty average. But as, as time, he, so he spends his days practicing with the slingshot and playing his guitar and praising and worshiping God. Life's pretty good for him as a shepherd at this point. He, he gets lamb steaks every so often and he, he, he's drinking Coke and he's, he's pretty good. Anyway, one day, the prophet comes to town. Prophet's name's Samuel and, and, and he, he's, he's walked into town because God's told him that he's going to anoint the next king. Saul uh, in the Old Testament was king at the time because the, the people demanded that they would have a king. So God told them all the negative things that were going to mean if they had a king and they wanted one anyway. So Saul's the king, but God's decided that Saul's not his man and he's going to anoint someone else as king. And so he says, go to this town. There's this family, uh, this guy by the name of Jesse, get him and his sons there. I'm going to show you who the next king will be. And so they're all gathered. It's a big deal. He comes into town and, and all the leaders in the town are freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, the prophets here. And the prophets were really, really scary people back then because they, they could see everything, man. They knew what was going on. They could bring judgment. God would use them. And, and they were scary. Kind of like having the pastor around for lunch. It's scary. And, and, he, and, and he comes in the town and they're all gathered there and he goes and gets Jesse and brings him and the boys there. And, and God says, see that man, Jesse, I'm going to anoint one of his sons to be king. And so he lines all his sons up. There's seven of them there. And he goes down the line. <coughs> he looks at the first one. He goes, oh, he's big, he's strong, he's handsome. He's a lot like me, really. And, and he's, he's there and he's looking at him and he goes, surely he's going to be the king. God says, no, 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 no. Don't look at the outside. I look at the heart. Passes by him and the next one and the next one and the next one. He goes down the line and God's rejected them all. And he goes, oh my gosh. What? Jesse, have you got any more kids? Well, there's David. Oh, this is my youngest son. He's out looking after this. It's just David. Well, go and get him. We're not sitting down. We're not eating until he gets here. Now, can you imagine for a moment... The biggest show in town has just arrived. I don't know who your favourite musician or singer or band or celebrity you'd most like to meet. Imagine that coming to your house for lunch and your parents haven't invited you. You've been excluded. You're, you're outside just doing your thing. You didn't even know it was happening. That's what it was like for David. He's out there looking after sheep. He's doing his thing. He's slingshotting. He's worshipping. He's drinking. He's eating, having a good old time. And he comes in. And God speaks to the, the prophet Samuel. He says, that's your man. So he takes his horn like a, a, a big bucket of oil and he pours it all over his head. David gets drenched. And at that moment, 
He gets anointed to be the next king of Israel. Can you imagine that? You're a 12-year-old. The prophets rocked up. Bucket, oil, you're drenched. He tells you you're going to be the king. You've got seven older brothers and you're going to be the king. Kind of sounds a bit like the story of Joseph that we told recently, right? Got all these older brothers and and God's chosen the youngest one here and, and he's doing something here and the brothers would have resented him. I reckon some people in the town would have resented him. You know what changed for David in that moment? Absolutely nothing. You know what he had to do the next day? Go and look after the sheep. The call of God had come. The promise had come to him and yet he's still back out there doing what he had to do before. Sometimes the promises of God come in our life and there's a delay between the promise and the unfolding of it. So he's out there looking after the sheep and and, and he, he was pretty good with the guitar at this point and, and he, you know, he played all the, all the popular songs, everyone loved it. And one day the, the king's Saul is getting a, a bit of turmoil and they, they calls David and David would come in and play and, and he would all relax and he'd be happy. David brought his worship to the king. And eventually the, uh, the Philistines, and the Philistines are the, the worst army that the Israelites have got to face. The Philistines are bent on the destruction of the Israelites. And, and David's three oldest brothers have enlisted in Saul's army. They're gladiators, they're trained, they're equipped, man. These are the bad boys. And they're there as part of the army. And, and, and David's dad, Jesse, comes to him and says, son, son, I want you to take this food to your brothers, take them a report. I wanna know what's going on, encourage them. And, and so he takes his food, he bundles it up and he heads off to the battle. And this is basically where we pick up today's story. Don't miss the thing that leads to the thing that God's got next. Imagine what would have happened if dad comes to David and says, son, I want you to take this food to your brothers. He's like, excuse me, dad. Were you not paying attention when the prophet came and poured oil on me? Do you not know that one day I'm going to be the king? I'm not a gopher, get a servant to do it. Imagine if David had refused to go. Imagine if, if he hadn't embraced this task that his dad had for him and gone for it. He would have missed the thing that leads to the thing that God had for him next. So many times I think we jump over process to the promise. We're not prepared to, to do, do the stuff that, that God wants to do on us and, and we go straight for the big thing. God, I wanna, I wanna be the preacher. I wanna run the big churches. I wanna, I wanna be the manager at work. I wanna, we feel God's called us to something but we're not prepared to do the process to get there. There's an African proverb that says, don't eat your dinner in the morning. Bible says it this way. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. It says be faithful in the little. So there's a point to the processes of God that lead to the promises of God. He's preparing and training us and putting the things in place that He needs to do to get us where He needs to get to. But so often we just wanna skip straight past the promise, the process and go to the promise. What you're doing now may not be what you want to do. It may not be what you've trained to do. It may not be what you've been praying into. It may not even be what you're good enough to do, what you've been trusting for or preparing for, but it may be the thing that leads to the thing that God's got for you next. How great is that thought? 
You don't know if the thing that you've got in front of you right now is the thing that leads to the thing. There's a lot of things in that. And if you can get your head around a few things this morning, it just might change your life. We don't want it. We haven't prepared for it. We might be better than that. Oh, this job I'm doing right now, it, it's beneath me. <laughs> but it might be the thing that leads to the thing that God's got for you next. If David wasn't submissive enough to be a gopher, he would have never been a gladiator. We've got to be prepared to do the menial in order to get to the mighty, to do the insignificant, to get to the incredible. But we don't do it grumpy. Arms folded, lips pouting. The Bible says we enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter his gates with praise. I don't know what it is in your world right now that you might think is too insignificant and too small for you to contribute to. And, and I, I'm better than that. I couldn't possibly uh, vacuum the, there. I couldn't help out there. I, I'm, I'm too important for that. We enter his courts with thanksgiving, his gates with praise. Be excited when you've got a thing to do because it just may be the thing that leads to the thing that God's got for you next. The second bit of thought for this morning is this. We know we can do it when we see it differently. See, David arrives at the camp and, and, and the soldiers uh, are all gathered and they're talking and, and, and there's, there's this battle that's about to take place and, and, and they're freaking out. And, and David hears, overhears some soldiers talking about what will happen for the man that kills Goliath. And he, he walks up, what's the king gonna do? He says, oh, He's going to open up his royal treasury. Whoever kills Goliath is going to be wealthy as. And, and, but wait, 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 there's more. He's going to get to marry the king's daughter. And David's like, wait, what? The king's daughter? Really? I've seen the king's daughter. Gets to marry the king's daughter, eh? Wow. It's not bad as a young boy. I could manage the king's daughter. That'd be pretty good. He said, but wait, wait. I don't know. You were never a 12-year-old boy, so, you know, I know. <laughs> he said, wait, 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 there's more. Whoever kills Goliath, his family will never, ever pay taxes, ever. Who would like that? I don't know, I'd love to never, ever, ever pay taxes. And my whole family never, ever pay taxes. And, and David's mind's boggling at this moment so much that he walks up to another group of soldiers and says, Tell me what the, uh, the king's going to do. He just wants to clarify what the rules of engagement are. What is the reward for whoever does this? And they go through it again, the wealth and the daughter and the tax. See, the wealth was about a personal reward, a blessing for doing it. The marrying the king's daughter talks about repositioning. You see, whoever married the king's daughter would be part of the king's family they would become royalty in that moment. And that's important in our story as we're unfolding the Old Testament because David would marry into the royal family and the Bible says that Jesus Christ was a lion of the tribe of Judah. He is from David, he's a descendant of David. David is written into God's story, his unfolding redemption because he was prepared to take on his Goliath. And the text talks about when we overcome it, but not only blesses us, but those around us. Some breakthroughs are bigger than just you. Some breakthroughs bless all those that are associated with you, everyone attached to you. How good is it? God blesses our lives and it makes a difference for everyone else. See, David had a different perspective to everyone else. The, the battle is, is not two armies versus each other. 
the, the, the rules of engagement they've decided for this particular battle is gonna be champion versus champion. You guys this morning can be the Israelite army. You're camped on one hill. You guys get to be the Philistines. I'm sorry, you're dirty, you're smelly, but you're the Philistines and you're on the other hill. And what the, the Israelites possibly didn't realise is that the Philistines had a weapon of mass destruction. They had a nine foot tall man named Goliath that was their champion. And Goliath day after day would walk down and taunt the armies of Israel. Who do you think you are? Come and face me, you scared little children. He was taunting them day after day. And the, the soldiers, man, they were freaking out. Here's this giant and his armour is just like, the armour he was wearing was 50 kilos just of armour, plus his weapon. And, and he's there and he's, he's mocking them and he's insulting them and he's, he's confronting them every single day. And you know what it's like when you're in class and the teacher asks a question? The person who makes eye contact with the teacher first has to answer, right? That's the rules. So your head instantly drops. You're doing everything you can not to make eye contact with your teacher because you're going to have to answer the question that the teacher's just asked. It's just the rules. You just don't make eye contact. It's like when your parents say, You've, who, who did that? Who, who broke that? The kid that looks at mum first, they're the guilty one ever. So you just, you just don't make eye contact. Well, that's what it was like for the soldiers. The king would walk, who's going to go to battle? And they're all like, no one's making eye contact. No one's looking at the king because they were scared witless. But David had a different perspective. The, when Goliath came out, he said, come on, you servants of Saul. Who are you, who's going to fight me? When David arrives at the camp, he goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? All the soldiers saw themselves as Saul soldiers, but David understood the battle was so much bigger than just man versus man. It was about God. And here is this giant defying the promises of God for the people of God. And David's perspective was completely different. The soldiers saw it as impossible, but David saw it as an opportunity and they laughed at him. They mocked him for it. David had nothing but courage. That's why the Bible says, take courage. It says, be strong and courageous. It says, take courage, the battle is the Lord's. Because it doesn't matter how much armour you're wearing, if you've got fear in your life, F-E-A-R, you will never overcome the enemy. And it doesn't matter what weaponry you lack in your life, if you've got courage, you're in just the right place to overcome the enemy. Courage is the game changer. And here's the next thought. God uses your past to change your future. The king tries to discourage him. David walks in because the king's now overheard that this little upstart of a boy is saying he'll go. So the king calls him in and he's like, who are you? What's this all about? He's like, oh, you know, well, king, I, I'm gonna, I, can, I can do this. And the king's like, oh, well, thanks for your patriotism. Really appreciate your loyalty. Little boy, it's time to go home. Go on, run along to daddy. He'll look after your son. David's like, but you don't understand. There was, there was this lion that came and, and King, I got my slingshot and, and I, I was a long way away and I fired my slingshot and, and I killed the, the, the lion and then this bear came. And well, well, yes, King, the bear was bigger than me. It was quite a bit bigger, in fact, but I had my slingshot and I took him out. And then this killer seagull came and I saw him coming around and a man, I took him out before he even got close. 
God will use everything in your past to bless your future. There's nothing wasted in God. God uses all things for the good of those who love Him. You wanna know where you're going? Look at your past. Where have you been? What has God done in your life then that He can use to bless your future tomorrow? Because there's not a single tear that you've cried. There's not a, a struggle that you've been through. There's not pain that's been part of your life that God can't use to fuel your future. It's all fuel for the fire of God's promises in your life. God uses the things in our past to bless our future. And David understood that. He understood that everything that had led up to this moment, the missing and the killing the sheep by accident and, and having the roast and drinking the coke, it was all part of his preparation for this moment. You gotta understand, David didn't arrive at the camp thinking that his future was about to change. <laughs> David walked into the camp doing the menial task. He was the gopher, but he'd never become the gladiator if he hadn't been the gopher. He walks into the camp and it's his moment of opportunity. He sees it for what it is. He had a different perspective to everybody else. Next thought this morning is that our giants can transition us into our future. Goliath is a transition point in your life. See, the enemy will always guard the opportunity. The enemy is never gonna leave the promises of God and the future plans of God in your life unguarded. He's gonna protect that which he sees as most valuable and that's the blessing of God in your life. That's the purposes and the promises of God. If we're learning anything as we've looked over the journey of the people of Israel, it was that they faced opposition at every step of the way. The enemy always arrived to stop them fulfilling the promises of God. Every time that we come up against a giant, we should get excited about it because it's, a, it's God revealing to us us that there's an opportunity for us just around the corner and we can't see opportunities in God. We can't always see into the spirit realm of what God wants to do next, but we can see our giants. So you want to know where your next blessing of God is coming from, your next opportunity, your next level in God, your next breakthrough is coming. Look for the giants. I love that because the enemy is guarding it, but he's giving us a clue. This is where it is. This is where the opportunity is. This is where you, you need to transition from because he's going to protect that which is most valuable to us. The Bible says that we live by faith, not by sight. Can't see the, the next levels and dimensions in God, but my God, goodness, if it's being guarded, perhaps we should go and thank the lions. We should go and thank the bears. And we should thank our Goliath for showing up because the promises of God are just waiting on the other side of our Goliath. The next thought this morning is what's in your hand? See, the king offered David all his armour. He, he loaded him up with his, his special weaponry, his the, the shoes and the, the, the knee pads and the elbow pads and the breastplate and the belt and the weapon. And David, he's a little boy. He could barely walk. He wasn't used to that stuff. All the other soldiers are trained and prepared and equipped. They, they were ready to use the weaponry, but, but David couldn't do that. He, he tried to walk out into battle with him. He's like, I can't do this. But I'll tell you what I can do. I'm good with the slingshot. So what has God placed in your hand? What has he given you? What have you got that you can use for His glory? It may not be the armour that looks great. It might not be the flashy thing. Maybe it's just a slingshot. Same as every other shepherd has. 
But when we use it for God, we can destroy our giants. My last thought for us this morning is this. Can we see our God? I, I need some, uh, some help to, to really drive this home this morning. So Adam, can, can you come up? Blake, would you, would you come and help? Could I, could I, I drag you up the front, mate? I don't want to embarrass you. And I need Andy as well. Andy, Andy, can you assume the position? Normally, I, I get Andy to illustrate just about every one of my messages that I illustrate, and he always gets the, the bad role. He gets to be the villain today. Andy gets to be God. For a change, we're elevating our worship leader this morning. Not quite that far, but anyway. And, and we need a Goliath. Um, which one would be most appropriate? Uh, Goliath, Adam, come stand here. You, you just just stand there. Blake, you, you, you can come and stand right here, mate. Yeah, yeah just anywhere in there is good. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yep, yeah, that's, that's spot on. So when our story this morning, we have three people. We have, we have David that the Bible describes as handsome and ruddy. He, hey, hey. Hey! He knew how to work it. And, and then we've got Goliath. Boo! Goliath is ugly. He's, he's really smelly. He's got bad teeth and he doesn't wash and his, oh my gosh, Goliath is everything that's wrong in the world. And, and here's this ugly, ugly man of a giant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't have created. I don't know what you were thinking. And, and on one side of this battle, We've got the Philistine army. And on the other side of this battle, we've got the Israelite army. Let's hear it for the Israelites this morning. No, the Israelites are, uh, you know, that was really, you're too scared. You're too scared. That's right. But the Philistines, though, they're really excited, right? Come on, Philistines. Because their hero, Goliath, is standing there. Now, he's nine foot tall. If you can't visualise what nine foot tall is, if you can imagine a basketball court, it's like playing basketball and dunking like this, Right? That's how tall Goliath was. He's at nine foot, a basketball hoop's at 10 foot. That's the guy you want to sign up in your basketball team right there, isn't it? But you'd make a lot of money in the NBA. It's like, just pass me the ball. I think they're trying to breed one or two of them in China. They're just looking for the, the biggest guy they can possibly get. And so Goliath is there and David walks out to battle and he's got his slingshot and he picks up five smooth stones his weapon of choice, and he puts him in his pocket and he walks to battle. And Goliath, man, Goliath is giving it to him. He's like, who are you, you little boy? Run on home to mummy and daddy. Go and play on your Xbox. Go and kick a ball. This is a big boy's game. Because that's how Goliath spoke, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 7. He just spoke just like that. Yeah. David, eh? And so David's there. And what every single part of the Israelite army saw was Goliath. That's all they were focused on. That's all they could see. Their whole perspective was there's this giant in the way and we're gonna lose. We can't possibly step into the promises of God because there's a giant in the way. But David, 
David was a worshipper. David was a warrior who looked after the flock, cared for the sheep, did the menial. David didn't see Goliath. David saw past Goliath to his God. And David's declaration was, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? The army were only focused on what they could do. But David knew that his God was bigger. How did he know that? Because he had worshipped. He'd built a lifestyle of worshipping before God. He'd done the little thing day after day. He'd, he'd been faithful with where God had placed him. Yes, he had greatness in him. He'd been, he'd been prophesied over. He'd been anointed as king. Maybe he suspected that there was a warrior inside him, a giant slayer inside him. Maybe he didn't, but he knew that his God was big enough. And he winds up and he lets go. And the rock flies straight and true and swerves around his head three times. Okay, that's in the Hebrew. And, 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 and came around and hits him in the side of the head. And David, David walks up and he takes out his sword. I, I wish I had a sword. Has someone got a sword in their pocket this morning? Anyone come to... How could you not come to church armed with a sword? And, and, and he, picks up, he picks up a sword. There we go. We're all thinking about it. Good on you. He, he takes Goliath's sword and he chops off his head. <laughs> and, and he picks up Goliath's head. You know what's incredible about this? <laughs> Mate, he's lying down. He's bigger than you. You might as well make the most of it. I'd put the, I'd put the boot in. I'll just put my foot on his back so he can't. <laughs> David used Goliath's own weapon to chop off his head. So the victory wasn't won until the head was removed. Sometimes we go into battle without everything we need. Sometimes our giant actually provides our, our answer. Sometimes God will use the resources of the enemy to bring his own destruction upon himself. And David killed Goliath. And look at how Goliath's lying, if you can see him, he's face down. Because before God, every single giant will bow the knee in worship. Every single giant will fall on his face before God. Thanks, guys. You can grab a seat. Worship team can come and join me. So often... All we see is our giant and we miss the fact that our God is bigger. Our God is able. Our God can overcome every opposition, every enemy, every obstacle that stops you stepping into the promises of God. I don't know what God, the, the, the promises that God's got for you. I don't know what He's been speaking to you about, what He's been whispering in your heart about. I don't know what you're yet to see fulfilled that you once dreamed about, you once prayed about. I don't even know if you've embraced this God journey yet, but I wanna tell you, no matter whether you're in this room and you're 15 or 500 years of age, God has a plan and and a purpose for your life. God's promises it for you and Jesus Christ are yes and amen. He's got good things for you in store, but before we step into the opportunities in God, we have to come overcome the oppositions. We have to defeat our giants in order to get the promises that God has for us. So next time you come up against an opposition, next time there's a giant in front of you, and you're trusting God, and you're praying, why don't you get up and thank the giant for showing you where the opportunity of God is? Why don't you look past your giant and see who your God is? Why don't you decide 
that you're going to go from gopher to gladiator. And all it takes is a change in perspective. He was the only one who was present that day that thought as God was able. A little boy who would one day become king. Don't miss the thing that leads to the thing that God's got next. Why don't we close our eyes? God, I thank you that you have so much for us. Thank you for your plans to prosper us, your plans to bless us, your plans to transform us into the likeness of your Son. Thank you, God, that in you we can do great and miraculous things. And God, this morning I say thank you for the lions and the bears, those enemies of our past that provides fuel for our future. But God, no matter where we've come from, no matter what we've done, God, you have that in mind, you've got it in your heart, that you can use those things to bring about the future that we have in you. And God, I thank you that while we might not see the next dimension in you, the next level, the next breakthrough, the next opportunity, God, we can recognise a giant when it stands in front of us, our opposition. God, I thank you that shows us where the victory is, where the battle's to be fought, the path that we're to walk. God, for those in the room this morning that are facing enemies, have a giant standing before them. God, reveal yourself to them in that situation. It's David, the heart of a worshipper. But see as God in every situation. God, I pray that we would be people after, like David, people after your heart that would see you involved in every situation. That's a word for some people here this morning. You've been staring down this giant. Maybe you've been scared. Maybe you've been like the Israelites, rolling back in fear. The Word of God for you this morning is take courage. Be strong and courageous. For the battle is the Lord's. We need that perspective shift. We need to be able to see God in the midst of our conflict. We need to be able to see past our Goliath to our God. Perhaps this morning it's the shift of something in your life. If you're here today, you've been staring down a giant, not sure whether to turn left or right. Maybe something I've said today has encouraged you that you can defeat this giant and step into the promises of God. If that's you today. I want to pray for you right where you are. Why don't you lift your hand for me this morning and say, yeah, there's a giant in front of me and I need to go through my giant to get to my God opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up. Maybe you're here today and you feel like your past has been holding you back. Either the things that you've done or the things that have been done to you. Your past is what's your problem in the present. And God wants me to declare over your life today 
that your past is simply fuel for your future. That He can take those things and use them to unlock the blessing and the opportunities of God for tomorrow. That there's nothing wasted in Him. That's you today. Open your heart to God right where you're sitting this morning. Allow God to speak into your world, encourage you, that He uses all those things for our good. He's a God of transformation. He's a God of the journey. Some of you have been journeying for a long time. It's time to step into you tomorrow. It's time to break down the walls of opposition to defeat your giants. It's time to possess that which God has for you. God, for those with arms raised, hearts open this morning, reveal yourself. God, help us have that perspective shift. Help us not miss the thing that leads to the thing that you've got for us. Help us to be faithful day by day in the small and the little. Lord God, help us to embrace where we are now because it's fuel for our future. God, as David was a worshipper, we would make a decision to lift you up. In the midst of the isolation, the loneliness, in the midst of the pain, suffering, the anxiety, the depression, the stress. But God, we would lift your name on high. God, we ask and we invite you to change us. Give us that perspective shift, I pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org.